Hello and welcome to episode five. Today's episode, we're going to cover all my thoughts on the college football playoff and how passionately pissed off I am that Florida State was left out. And a little bonus piece of a Heisman case for Travis out of Florida State. Then we're going to talk about Joe Brady versus Dorsey. Just a quick tweet that I saw that I thought was really interesting and uh, reasons to be optimistic. And then we're going to talk about the NFL Weekend Recap. AFC standings. Bill's got a lot of help this past Sunday. And then we're going to talk Chiefs Bills. So looking forward to chatting. Fred Durst, take it away. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of Here We Are. Appreciate all the listens that you guys gave on episode four. It's been a lot of fun bringing my thoughts to the greater public and criticisms and disagreements and agreements and everything that goes along with it. It's been a ton of fun just to get your feedback so far, so keep it coming. It's been a lot of fun, but um, I think the biggest story coming out of this weekend has to be the college football playoff and how Florida State just snubbed isn't even it's tough to land on a word that can describe how royally screwed over Florida State got um for those that don't know Florida State won every game on their schedule including their conference championship which by the standards of the college football committee uh in the past years, that's as easy of a case as you can make to getting into the college football playoff. And since Florida State's starting quarterback and Heisman hopeful Jordan Travis uh, went down with a horrific leg injury with two games left in the season, uh, the college football playoff committee decided that it wasn't the same Florida State team And despite them winning every single game on their schedule, including a win over a blowout win over LSU and Jaden Daniels, who very well could win the Heisman. I don't think he will. But uh, all of that and it still didn't matter. And it really comes into question, what is the college football playoff? I mean, is it the four best teams or is it the four most deserving teams? Now, in the NFL, they don't leave it up to chance and they don't choose every year like what teams should be in. And college football is more subjective. There's more teams, more conferences. There's a lot more that goes into it. So it's not as simple as I'm making it out to be. But this committee is in charge of the livelihood of these athletes. And it's just really hard to wrap my head around how you can get it so wrong. Do I think that if Florida State got in that they were absolutely the best team and the best version of themselves? Absolutely not. I'm not crazy. I understand they lost the most pivotal, important, game-changing player on their team. But that shouldn't be a reason to just not have them in. So it's Alabama against Michigan and Washington against Texas. Now, 
Alabama getting in, I think there's a case that the SEC shouldn't have even gotten in, period. Um, Texas is in strictly because not only did they win a blowout against Oklahoma State in their conference championship, but they went into Tuscaloosa and whooped up on Alabama. So the only loss that Texas has is a loss to Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. And look, I have a hard time leaving Texas out, but putting Alabama in, it's really, really hard to think why Florida State isn't it. Now, what makes it even crazier is obviously they aren't just setting the two bowl games for the playoffs, but they're also setting it for uh, the other teams that are bowl eligible. Now that comes with a ranking system to determine who plays who. And so be it, Florida State is ranked ahead of Georgia. So that, I think, makes it even crazier that Florida State's not in because what the committee said by ranking them there is without Travis, we still think you're ranked ahead of Georgia. Georgia is better than any team in that playoff. I understand that Alabama just beat them, but they have not they have not lost a game in 29 games until they played Alabama. So where where that line is of how you determine who gets in? Four teams is not enough. I've always said that it needs to be an expanded field, and next year it will be. So a good solution would be to expand it. I know they can't do it this year, but that'd be one way to fix it because those other two teams are pretty damn well deserving to be in. Um, but for the people that are saying like Florida State would just get blown out, okay, people didn't think TCU should be in last year. They lost 65-7. to in the national championship. Okay. Crazy blowout. And my problem with the college football playoff of these four teams is the average margin of victory is about 12 points in those semifinal games. So what, what added entertainment value is there in those games? Just put the teams in that deserve to be there and see what happens. And, yeah, Florida State probably would have gotten completely blown out. But in sports, especially in football, we've seen backup quarterbacks be able to get the job done. When Carson Wentz went down for the Philadelphia Eagles and in comes Nick Foles, what happened with them? They went all the way to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady in what was one of the best Patriots teams that he was ever a part of. So it's just so hard to feel like college football is this great product anymore. I think it's terrible. The BCS championship when only two teams got in was an an even added level of insanity. But I just don't get how they just can't get it right. Every year there's parity, but this is just an, an insane level of leaving out someone that truly deserves to be in. But so be it. I'm watching very closely to see what Florida State does in terms of playing in the Orange Bowl. Because if I'm them, I kind of give the middle finger to the NCA and say, you know, 
we're not going to take the invitation. We're not going to play. And, you know, what's that going to accomplish? I guess that maybe the NCAA doesn't make as much money because they don't have them in. Um, but I wouldn't blame Florida State one bit if they determine, you know what, we're just going to end on a high note with winning the ACC and we're just going to move on. Because quite frankly, those bowl games outside of uh, the college football playoff, like who cares? For gamblers, it's just an opportunity to bet on one more game and a whole month of games that are seemingly meaningless and just out to make money. So um, one last piece on this that I thought was really interesting, and I hadn't thought about it until I saw uh, a tweet about it, but uh, Laszlo the Buzz, who tweeted it, said, clearly Jordan Travis is the unanimous Heisman winner. I mean, he gets hurt and undefeated teammates don't make the playoffs. Obviously, he's the best player in college football. With him, they are a playoff team. Without him, not so much. I don't think Travis was going to win the Heisman, but that is a really, really interesting take because that it's hard to argue because... That the committee thought it was they it took the committee going against everything that they've stood on the past twelve years or whatever how long this playoff has existed that they don't care about what they've stood on as precedent in the past years they don't care and now that they don't have this guy they're not going to put him in I uh, I think it's really interesting and you know Jordan Travis had an awesome message uh that he sent out to the team that just makes me respect travis so much and i'm gonna find the tweet here um but really just embodies how important it is to these kids and it's i'm just gonna read it to you guys give me a second here So thank you to the fans for a great season. We're not done yet, and let's control what we can control. The journey's been so great, and today we are ACC champions. Let's not let the opinions of others affect how we feel about being champions of this conference. I'm proud of this team. Very simple, but for someone who just went through a horrific injury to have that kind of perspective at that age, I have a ton of respect for that. And if Florida State decides to play in that bowl game, um, Called a fan bet, but I'm taking Florida State money line over Georgia, and let's ride the lightning there. So see what happens. But moving into our next topic, uh, wanted to just touch on, you know, how the Joe Brady era has been going. It's been great so far. Um, but I saw an interesting tweet from Joe Marino that said, under Joe Brady, the Bills have turned the ball over twice in 26 drives with one of those being an end-of-half Hail Mary interception. That's 7.7%. Under Dorsey, the Bills turned it over 18 times in 104 drives, which is 17.3%. Production has been elite while also taking care of the ball. I think that is so important to understand because with Joe Brady, the Bills are running a scheme that is keeping them out of trouble. And with Dorsey, it was so basic and predictable and stagnant 
that it forced Allen to be what he's not. And I, I really don't think there's a quarterback that could succeed in the scheme and system that Joe or that uh, Ken Dorsey was running. So really, really interested. And we'll talk in a little bit about Chiefs bills, but Joe Brady in the last two games has gone against two of the best defenses in the NFL and has hung 30 plus points on both of them. I tell you what, after last night's Chiefs game, I'm scared how good I feel about the Bills' chances going in off a of bye, fresh legs into Arrowhead Stadium. And that brings me to my next point the NFL Weekend Recap. Uh, gave you guys a couple picks, the Lions um, and also the Cardinals. Now, Cardinals absolutely stomped uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst seven-win team in the NFL that I can remember. Getting outgained in almost every single game, and somehow they get seven wins. For people that say coaching doesn't matter, I'd say that's a pretty interesting stat if you're a Steelers fan to say Mike Tomlin's worth every penny that you give that man. Uh, we certainly don't get the same with Sean McDermott. Um, I think that the Bills got a ton of help. Uh you know, obviously they weren't playing this weekend, but we did get a loss from the Cleveland Browns. We got a loss from um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, unfortunately, the Colts came back and won. But if the Bengals can make some noise next week and beat the Colts at home, that will also help leading into the Bills game at 430, where they will head to Arrowhead and hopefully get this season back in a trajectory that everybody expects to be in. As it stands right now, there is a 22% chance that the Bills get into the playoffs. I've said to you guys, I think they have to go 4-1, and one, and I really, really think 4-1 and one gets the Bills into the playoffs. That is a tall task. Five is absolutely going to get us in, but you can kiss the division goodbye uh, but who cares? Because the way the NFL playoffs are now, if you're not the one seed, it, just get in. It, it doesn't matter how you get in. And the AFC is wide open. So not a lot of other really shocking scores this Sunday. I thought the Chargers performance was just so crazy to me that Staley still has that job. 6 nothing against the Patriots. And I say that as a Bills fan, that we lost to this team. It blows my mind every week that goes by that we lost to that team. And even the Broncos, for that matter. But with Staley, just what are you holding on to at this point? And I'm really starting to question how good Justin Herbert is. Because, um, you know, we saw how terrible of an offensive coordinator Josh Allen had to play with the last season and a half but it certainly didn't hurt his production numbers. And Josh Allen has the most touchdowns, and he is the first quarterback in 40 years, I think I saw, that will have 40-plus touchdowns in a season. That's crazy. And you guys have heard my thoughts on why I think Josh Allen deserves an MVP nod. I'm telling you right now, if we go 5-0, and I dare any of the talking heads of ESPN to come at me that Josh Allen is not the MVP because Dan Orlovsky went off about 
how Josh Allen is elite and he doesn't get the criticism. And guys said that touchdown to turnover ratio doesn't matter. Even though Josh Allen has been top two or top three in that the last five years, now apparently that doesn't matter. And he's just a turnover machine. And yeah, this game, have we lost, this season, have we lost some games that are super important that he was probably why we lost? Yeah, you can make an argument for that. But we're also only in the game because of him. You find me a quarterback that can give me the lead with two minutes left in any given game. Yeah, I'll take that because I'm sure about 30 other NFL teams would give anything to have him as their quarterback. So I'm going to ride Allen as long as he is a Buffalo Bill. I will support him endlessly. Um, I really just hope that these next five weeks we can get it right. And with the AFC standings right now, the Steelers still sit. Above the Bills is the next odds favorite to make the playoffs at 56%. Now, Kenny Pickett's out for the next two to four weeks. I really think this is where the wheels are just going to fall off the bus for the Steelers. Um, But the Colts are just continuing to find a way to win. But I think with the Browns, too, I think we're really just going to see these two teams start to fall off, Um, especially as the season starts to close and that pressure mounts. But none of that will matter if the Bills don't win at Arrowhead. So that brings us into our last bit here on Chiefs-Bills. A lot to be optimistic about going into this game. Um, Josh Allen has proven that he can get wins at Arrowhead. And I think this season is the most susceptible that the Chiefs have been in the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid era. I mean... This is just another game that the Chiefs have not been able to hang 20-plus points. And you've seen that even though this Chiefs defense is the best, I think, of any Patrick Mahomes team, uh, he finally has a defense that can continually get him the ball back. Um, But it's going to be really interesting. Just looking at the Bills' offensive ranks against Kansas City's defensive ranks, In red zone efficiency, the Bills rank second to defensively red zone efficiency for the Chiefs is 21st. To me, if the Bills can get the ball into the red zone and score, this game is going to be a blowout. When we talk about third down conversion, the Bills are the best team on third down in the NFL. As opposed to the Kansas City Chiefs defending a third down is 13th. Okay. When it comes to yards per play... It'll shock you, but the Bills are fourth, but the Chiefs' defense is sixth. The part that I thought was really interesting was Bills have obviously had a turnover problem this year. We're 23rd in the NFL, but Kansas City's defense has not been great at forcing turnovers. Okay, So it'll be really interesting to watch. And on the flip side, with Kansas City, they are... Middle of the pack in red zone efficiency, as is our defense. Third down, pretty good on third down. You'd expect that with Patrick Mahomes. But where I find this so interesting is Kansas City is worse with turnovers than the Bills, ranking 25th. And our defense ranks 6th in forcing turnovers. 
All that to be said that the Bills are two and a half point underdogs at the moment, which to me means that at a neutral field, this is a pick'em game, which feels right. A uh, lot of history between these two games or these two teams, but I just think this Bills team has so much more on the plate for this game. The Chiefs can afford to give up another game. Now they're coming off a really bad loss at Lambeau to Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. But I think if if this offense is even half of what they've been these last two games, I really find it hard to believe that the Bills aren't going to get it done. Now that would lead the Bills back to home against the Cowboys, and that's anybody's guess of what's going to happen in that game because I tell you what, Cowboys look pretty damn good. Although the Seahawks gave them all they can handle. And again, this offense just looks so good these last two weeks for the Bills that you have to have some belief that if we're putting 30-plus points up, McDermott is somehow going to be able to figure out how to keep a team under 30 points. Now, some other things I'm going to be watching in that game is just how Sean McDermott learns from his continued errors and mistakes. And there's been reports that have come out that said there's absolutely zero chance that Sean McDermott gets fired. You guys know my stance on this. I really don't think that the I really don't think that Sean McDermott deserves to continue coaching this team. But I tell you what, the removal of Ken Dorsey's maybe one of the best moves that Sean McDermott's made that I can think of. And uh, look at the results that that's turned out. I think that there has to be a moment for Sean McDermott to step back and give the defensive play calls to someone else so he can just focus on managing the game. But he just feels like Big Cat was saying, I'm pardon my take, he has the coaching yips. And, you know, coaches, coaches coach, players play. I think at the end of the day, there was obviously plays in every one of those historic losses that Sean McDermott's been at the hand of. Um, you know, there's obviously plays that could have been made, but I just, I hope in that bye week as they've just had to stew on the failures of this season, that they just come out with their heads on fire, ready to come after this Chiefs team, because I just refuse to believe that this team is going to just knee down and say, we're done. I just don't see it. Um, interesting story coming out of one Bills drive with Vaughn Miller. We're not going to dive into that, but um, given what's going on there, I really hope the Bills get that right. It's a horrible situation and uh, hope that that gets some clarity for the fans as Vaughn Miller went pretty quickly from a fan favorite to a fan least favorite. Um We'll see how much of that of a distraction that proves to be to the players. But it looks like at least via Instagram, guys were able to unplug. And uh, we'll see how that bodes for them as they get back on the practice field this week. My final score prediction for the game is going to be 35-20 to 20 Bills. I don't think this defense is going to be able to completely keep Patrick Mahomes under wraps. I'm really going to be watching how Terrell Bernard can matchup against Travis Kelsey. That's always been a job of Matt Milano. Um, I think that if you can keep Kelsey under wraps, it's going to be very hard for this Chiefs team to get the points that they need to keep up with the Bills offense. Uh, 
Bills are very healthy uh, outside of obviously the season enders that you guys have seen. But it's going to be a great one. Uh, unfortunately, six and six. Here we are. But hoping that uh, Sunday by about eight o'clock, we're celebrating a huge victory at Arrowhead as the Bills come home, continuing to fight for their season and fight their way into the AFC playoffs where absolutely anything can happen. Uh, but we got to take it one week at a time. Every week's a playoff. Keep bringing your hard hat and lunch pails to work. Go Bills. Go Sabres. God, they suck right now. And uh, go Orange, who also suck. All right. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy the winter months and the holidays coming up. And go Bills. Go Bills.